At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Live from the bunker. <laughs> this time with volume and sound and hopefully no echoes. 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 <laughs> it's Shoe the Dough Sif Pop on Fridays. Your, uh, your bunker voice. Man, it- trailed off. It was like it was hard. I am done doing bunker voice. I don't think that I don't think I can continue. Yeah. I feel like my throat just got stabbed by little teeny tiny noise. So forty five minutes of technical difficulties and you have been <laughs> so patient. Well forty minutes of you know one technical difficulty and then realizing that we had, you know more. S- somehow misplaced the volume for the live audience. Thank you for your patience. Thankfully we have a live audience to tell us can't hear a thing, guys. <laughs> Can't hear a thing. And they've yet to tell us that they can hear the show now. So we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll see if they're actually listening. Uh, despite all of that, we're excited to talk a few movies, a couple movies today. Yeah. We've and, never uh, done some, two movies in one Sif Pop before. Um, I've been gone for two weeks. And so in the last four days, I've seen nine movies. Nine movies in the last four days. And I have a couple more today uh, and one more tomorrow. So 12 movies in a week. I will be seeing. How's that sound to to you, Josh? To, to watch twelve movies in a week? Yeah, it sounds awesome. Uh, depending on the movies, <laughs> that is the key. I'm I'm curious why why if you saw nine movies, these are the two that you picked to talk about today. Yeah. Okay. So here's the reason. Uh, because they seem to me to have like the most buzz of anything that was coming out. Because one is M Night Shyamalan's kind of return to the big screen. You know, trying to do suspense kind of stuff with the visit and then the other is you know the big you know oscar contender performances you know kind of thing with everest so uh so that's that's the reason why i do remember getting a text from you last night josh being are you sure you want me to see this movie because there's other movies that i really like to see <laughs> I, th- I think it was something to to the extent of are, are you sure you don't want me to watch anything else <laughs> He was to say I wasn't excited. Black Mass or, yeah. Uh, I was not excited on the front end. We'll talk about later how, how, it, tra- how it turned out. But yeah, I wasn't excited for on the sure. Front end, but. Well, we are joined, as you know already, by Josh uh, today for our third person for the critic, the geek, and the girl. The critic being Aaron Dicer, who is a movie critic. Yep. The girl that's um, genetically. Anyway, that, <laughs> and then our geek today is Josh Childs. So Yay. from the nether region, you can check out his stuff there. Um, and uh, is and anything else you want to pump right here at the top? Yeah. Oh, um, ooh, no. <laughs> probably, I mean, probably, but <laughs> my mind's still on uh, trying to figure the out other, the right whatnots. The, the forty-five minutes of how everything is plugged into various <laughs> and 
volumes and set. Yeah, there's nothing like going straight from technical difficulties trying to solve the world's issues or to go into a show. You know, it's just like nothing like that kind of you know mental shift. Chat rooms wanting you to clarify something you said, Aaron. Did yeah. Aaron just say he went on a romantic week long vacation during which he watched nine movies? No, I went on a romantic week long vacation and didn't watch any movies. Therefore, when I got back, I had to watch nine movies this week. So. I watched two movies in one day. To How prep was that for, this. for you? Very weird. Yeah. Yeah. Very. It was. It was very strange. They weren't uh, even back to back. No, we didn't know we were going to go back to the theater. We kind of just like, well, let's just do it all today, I guess. Thankfully, I had a zip up like little hoodie because I get cold in theaters. Mm-hmm. So during Everest, I was feeling cold. I think because I was watching, you know, what was uh-huh. happening on screen. Right. And then in the second movie, uh, the visit. It was very cold. It was right below like 17 vents. <laughs> I barely survived. Really poor design on their part <laughs> to put all 17 vents right there. But hey, I guess it's their theater. They can do what uh, well, they want. Well, that movie was a cold movie too. Not like Everest cold, but. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's get right into it. We've got lots to talk about. Let's start with Everest. Here's a little, I guess this isn't a clip. It's more of yeah. a kind of a little behind the scenes. Most time, right? Well, start to play a preview so that you guys can kind of hear about it. But uh, I found this little clip and it's basically the director and then several actors talking about the filming of this movie. And it's just a little over a minute long, but I think it's going to be a good introduction to Everest. Human beings simply aren't built to function at the cruising altitude of a 747. It's a big scale movie and it's not easy to shoot. You've got to go to Nepal. That means you've got to shoot in the mountains. You need real weather and snow. Balthazar likes us to experience the elements, pushed us in that way. Landscape and weather is basically the half of it. It's all reality based. So when we're up in the mountain and Balt's saying, hey man, we're going to be up in the mountain and it's going to be real and it's going to be cold. And... Please, no acting, you know. It means that we are going for the reality of it. That's what's going to make this film so special. That Paul did go the extra mile. This production work to tell everybody who said, you know, we're going to make this as real as we can make it. This production and the organization and the intensity of making this movie is absolutely extraordinary. It was serious with avalanche warnings and now sets getting buried and Sherpas having to dig them out. It was a sight to behold. Feature film that you can take people really into those moments. You can make them feel of what it was like to be trapped out on the South Pole that night, and the film really succeeds achieving that. So people would be amazed. I wanted to achieve like a big epic movie moment on that mountain. I see it and wait and have another chance to see it. It's gonna look amazing. Everest. Ugh. I did that last part. Dun, dun, that was me. Dun. That was that was Aaron. I loved watching this because I didn't realize how much of it was done, you know, right there on, like, actually in, in Nepal, in Nepal on mm-hmm. a mountain with yeah. real elements. It makes sense, but, like, seeing it, like, one step back where you can see the film crew and all that they went through. And the director, I think it was the director, said something like, I don't want them to be acting. Mm. In other words, I want them to be freezing to death for real. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he said that he wanted to feel realistic and that really translated. That would be the first thing that I would say about Everest as we kind of do like our quick kind of thoughts at the very beginning at the very top of this. Um, I thought it was a really well made movie 
that didn't seem forced in Mm-mm. any way. No, it, it felt was very genuine. It was a very really um, it was very good at storytelling this true story and getting into this kind of environment. I, I was really impressed. So to clarify, Danae and I have seen it. Josh, I don't believe you got a chance to see it. Is that correct? No, I was going. So I came down to one or the other time wise, and you know, watching this or or the visit. And the sad thing was when I looked at the movie times, this one uh, was too early or too late. And this is actually the one that I I would rather have watched on the front end <laughs> than than the visit. But I did. I was like, I don't want to be up till you know one o'clock at the theater sure, watching sure. this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I so I opted out. Um, but uh, the way you guys are talking, it sounds like uh, I should have should have pushed. You should have stayed up late, man. Well, <laughs> uh, let's find out for sure. I have some questions for you, but maybe I'll save those for after you guys have talked a little bit. Yeah, let's talk oh, just I, a little bit, and then throw some questions at us. You know, from someone who hasn't seen the film, in case maybe we'll touch on it even you know before you ask the questions. Uh, I will say but that won't be as much fun. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I, th- I think overall, I loved this movie. You know, the further I get away from it, it's one of those movies that stays with you. It reminds me a lot of my experience watching gravity. The grandeur of it just kind of sucks you in the beauty and the, the, uh, you know, the mountain and the snow. And like you said, the realism of it, uh, the fact that it's a true story also is, you know, re- makes it really interesting to me and really compelling. Um, and then for me, it's the acting. Like uh, you look at Josh Brolin, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, uh, oh, what's the guy? Uh, Jason Clark is phenomenal in this. Kira Knightley's Kira in this. Kira Knightley, like just down the line, these are great actors and actresses, and they give great performance in this. Uh, performances in this. I, I really felt like this was uh, one of the better movies of the year. I mean, for my opinion. I really. I but- did. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but with all those names in it, like, they aren't really pushing it on the names. They're pushing it as Everest is the star of this movie. That's what based I on noticed. the trailers and stuff. That's what I noticed, too, because I didn't even know that Kira Knightley was in this. And you would think that they'd kind of push her name since she had kind of her, you know, big breakout roles. And, you know, I, I recognize her name even more than I recognize some of the other people, although their faces were very, very familiar to me once I was watching this. But everybody is downplayed to the reality. Nobody is trying to like everyone's acting, and I know that they're acting, but it just felt like they were people, like regular people, and that's that meant that they were doing a fantastic job. Yeah, it's kind of like an ensemble cast with Everest being the star, and Everest you know? is definitely yeah. the star. They have some fantastic sweeping uh, views, just beautiful still images. You know, you're up so high, you're basically part of the clouds, and there's a few you know cinematic moments where. You've got this, you're in the IMAX theater, you know, and you've got Everest in front of you. And then there's just these clouds just kind of wafting away mm. just real slowly. Like you're just kind of floating in that moment. And yeah, it was made for the IMAX screen. It was wasn't really it? beautiful. I mean, yeah. it's, that's the other thing too. Around here, it's only playing in IMAX. And I don't know if that's a purposeful release strategy. Josh, was it playing on regular screens near you? Uh, it was playing on both. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and so I, I just I think they're you know trying to encourage people to see it that way because it's just such an experience. I also went in completely blind, not knowing. I mean, except for accidentally seeing some of the bits and pieces of previews and things like this, really didn't have an understanding of the plot line, except for that something goes wrong on Everest, right? That's mm-hmm. just what you see in the previews, and that's how they kind of pump this movie. So it was 
really well done too in how they told this real story, this true story of what happened on May 10th in the late 90s, like 1996 maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, not just to you know our main characters, but to all of the people that were present at Mount Everest on this particular day and kind of how everything went down. And that's one of my favorite parts as well is you really get a good sense of how climbing Everest works, like how long the process is. And it is this huge process that somehow they managed to boil down and you still manage to understand exactly what's going on. Yeah. You know, so the, you know, they talk about the climatization and they talk about the different points on the trail and all that kind of stuff. And they do such a great job so that you never very rarely, I should say, feel lost. There are a couple of times where I was like, wait, why, why did that happen? But I, for the most part, you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. That's important. It's also an interesting experience because you know that people are going to, you know, not make it back. You have that feeling at the very beginning that something is going to go wrong. It's a true story. And I think people right. know that that was part of the story. But I had no idea who. Right. You know, so I'm just I'm learning about these people and their lives and the, the telling of these stories and their individual stories. And then we kind of find out through other friends, you know, that after this movie is released, some of the families are a little upset about some of the portrayals and things like that. And it really just reminded me as we kind of talked about it on Periscope, just after we walked out of the film, that there are real people involved in this, you know, and I'm sure the director and all the team, they try to do their best to really give us the most, you know, vivid idea of what happened uh, as possible, but I thought that they painted everybody in a very respectful way. There wasn't like you know a bad guy. You know there Mm-mm. wasn't anybody that felt like maybe careless. Maybe they possibly painted, yeah. maybe they painted one or two of the characters as careless, uh, and that could be what the families are upset about. I can think of one specific character, and we, we may go more into some of that stuff in the spoiler section uh, when we record the spoiler cast after we're done with this. But um, but I agree. I think the characters were, you wanted to root for all of them. Yeah, you, you liked really all do. of them. And they did a really good job of, of developing who they were and why they were on the mountain. Which, by the way, the answer to that question, there is no good answer. There is no good reason to risk your life to climb this mountain. I'm sorry. It is, <laughs> it is ridiculous. Like, well, that's one of my, and that's one of my in, in, inherent reasons for like not having a big desire to see that movie <laughs> because I've never understood that. I climbed the mountain because it was their mentality. Like I can understand, like, like you know what I mean. Like again, I haven't seen the movie, but caring a little more about a story where you're like, oh man, bless these people's hearts. It's not their fault. <laughs> this is like, well, no, it is their fault. There's their. Sure, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful, but yeah, like, <laughs> there's no, like you said, there's no good reason. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. I walked out of this movie going, yep, it is confirmed. I have no desire to ever go mountain climbing, you know, especially especially Everest mountain climbing. There's, there's, there's nothing inside of me that feels like I need to accomplish that feat in my life. But they did do a good job of trying to make us understand why these people would want to. Everybody has their own individual reasons for wanting to. And it even felt like some of them are just like, because... You know, because I want to like I don't have to have a reason. I just want to. You got that kind of feeling. I also didn't expect that there's a little of a competitive edge, you know, and of course, I once you're looking at it, like, of course, there's a competitive edge of who's going to get to the top. And you've got these basically these different uh, groups, these different companies that have kind of come together that are helping 
uh, Adventure Consulting, I think, is the name mm-hmm. of the main sort of yeah, company. Yeah, they lead the treks up for people, for yeah. amateurs who want, you know, to climb. They teach them, train them, and all that kind of stuff. Their job is to get the people up to the top and then back down safely. Mm-hmm. And there was a sort of boom of excitement about that business model. And so other companies are doing the same thing as Adventure Consulting. They're meeting up at the base camp of Mount Everest and they're taking their own people to the top. So when this movie starts, you kind of begin to realize that there's these, this sort of like this com- competition, competitive thing going on between everyone. But underneath it is this deep, deep respect for the mountain that it's no joke. It's life yeah. or death. Yeah. And so it changes it from being like, yeah, let's see who can, you know, ski the fastest on water, which seems really <laughs> n- low impact comparatively uh-huh. to, okay, the only way we're going to survive is if we're all hooked up to oxygen masks, <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a really you interesting difference. You cannot use your own body parts. <laughs> your body forgets how to work. Your body forgets <laughs> how to body. <laughs> I just you sp- don't know. You forget how to grab. Yes. <laughs> yep. I there's enough perseverance in life that we have to go through you know like I don't need to find excuses to persevere you know what I mean like uh, there are mountains that come to us I don't need to come to the mountains you know Um, I think I think overall though even though I don't get it like I can I can respect the people and just go okay you're different than me even though I don't understand you know why you would do that you know what I mean? And so that makes me able to buy yeah. into those characters and able to root for them, even though I think they're a little silly for trying. They're way silly. <laughs> they're stinking crazy people. Yeah. They really are. But there are crazy people doing all sorts of crazy things all the time. You also have this understanding for what the human body can endure. Yeah. You know, there are many different kinds of people shown in this movie. And you have an understanding of how everybody's body is different and it's going to endure this exposure, not just to the elements, but to the thin air and the high impact of what's going on, um, there it's going to react differently. You've got people that, you know, might get sick. You've got people who decide not to use oxygen tanks. They seem to be okay. You've got Sherpas who like live up in this area at this high altitude who can endure and run around this mountain like goats, you know. <laughs> And, and people are like struggling and you've got these other, you know, everyone has their different levels of struggle and they did a good job too of really honoring that you don't have to be at this high, high level or a particular exact way to get to the top of the mountain and back down. It doesn't matter. What matters yeah. is that if you have a clear shot, take it. Otherwise, don't mess around. <laughs> I should also say there is at least one moment that I remember and we'll get into this in the spoilers. I'll, I'll be more specific then. But I did want to say there's at least one moment where you're like, no way. Like, no way is that humanly possible what just happened. But it did because yeah. it's a true story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I loved Ooh, I that. Wait. I loved that, too, where I was like, are you kidding I, me? I'm with you. <laughs> I was totally shocked at one point in time. So it, and, and that's fun whenever there's that type of like a depth of what in a real yeah. you know, in a real story. Yeah. So we'll spoil that for you if you want to hear about it in our Sift Pop spoilers. Yeah. Okay, Josh. Any questions, throw some, Josh? Throw some questions at us. Well, uh, so the, I have I have a rapid fire series of questions for you where I'm, I've got some other movies that I, w- I just want to hear like better or worse. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, good, but, good. But, but before we get to that, I, I so I have a, a not, it's kind of a broader question. 
because I, I don't love one of the reasons I, I wasn't excited about watching this is I'm not I don't like um, real life movies where like there's tragedy, right? Like it's hard mm. to, to, to disassociate. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're like, Oh crap, that was a, that was a real person that that happened to, right? you know, watch. A, so I always have a tough time ever since Black Hawk down. Like that was the one that like really did it for me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Ridley Scott. Um, Spoiler alert. There's a helicopter in Black Hawk down. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, and I don't like movies that take place in cold weather. <laughs> And I'm not a big fan of man versus nature movies. Like so, this was like everything that when I saw the trailer, I'm like, no, that's not that's not for me. Like you know, all sure. those sort of things. Based on um, what you just said, I would I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> but having said all that, like I watched some of these on occasion or accident. I always like. Them. I mean, I like them. I always respect them. Sometimes I like them. But they're never a watch again over and over again movie for me because mm. it's like once is enough. Sure. So that's my first question: Is this a watch again movie or was once enough? I would watch this one again. I okay. would probably do once is enough for me. Okay. All right. But so here's a seri- yeah. here's a series of movies that are either. Oh, do you want to expound on that? No, no, it's okay. Okay. These are either so they are either real life. Uh, maybe not tragedy movies or movies that uh, deal with some tragedy or, um, um, uh, you know, real life man versus nature stories or just, a, you know, these are, may or may not be real, but they're all in the same genre. So okay. tell me if this is better or worse than these movies. Okay? All right. Ready. Right? So I said Black Hawk Down before. Better or worse than Black Hawk Down? Better. Haven't seen it. Better or worse than The Perfect Storm? Better. Haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Better or worse than uh, 127 hours? Worse. Haven't seen it. <laughs> Better or worse than Alive? Oh, it's been a while. I don't know that I can make a judgment on that one. I don't remember Alive well enough. Think, all right. Think you know my answer? <laughs> okay. I, I Better or worse it. than All is Lost? Uh, better. Um. Uh, haven't seen it. Although I do, I did like All Is Lost. I, I liked the filmmaking aspect of that movie. Gotcha. Uh, better or worse than The Edge? Oh, which one was The Edge? Uh, Anthony Hopkins and right. Baldwin. Right. Uh, it's better than that. Um, better well, or worse? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, All right. And last one. Better or worse than Titanic? Oh, that's hard. I'm going worse. It's hard for me to give. I mean, Titanic is just such an amazing film. Um, haven't seen it. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's not kidding either. She's not kidding. <laughs> so you haven't. So you haven't seen any movie until you started doing uh, these podcasts with Aaron. Pretty much. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. For real. She loved the Princess Bride. I did. I do. Oh, that's a good that's one. A good one. There are Better or worse than the Princess Bride? Uh, worse. <laughs> yeah, oh. that's easy. That's easy. I, I love the Princess Bride. That was a fun one. It's also a completely right, different that's... genre, but there was one point where the RUSs jumped out of that one, you know, cave at the top of Everest. You know, that so, sounds like a spoiler. Guys. Yeah, that is a spoiler. Shouldn't have, shouldn't have mentioned that. Aaron um, is totally kidding. By the way. <laughs> When did you figure that out? Because you were giving me a look like you were actually trying to remember the scene. I really was. <laughs> I totally was. I was like, there was a cave? 
<laughs> they were huge <laughs> rat creatures. I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm so gullible. Um, I think I think you're going to hear some of these names in this movie uh, as we kind of get up to award season. I think it's I think it's that good. I think um, especially Jason Clark and Jake Gyllenhaal in this are phenomenal. Uh, I am also amazed at their New Zealand accents. Like they, yeah, they did a good job. Great New Zealand oh, wow. accents because the company Adventure Consultants is a New Zealand company. You know what I feel like? I feel like on IMDb they should have Everest as a character played by Everest, but they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that should happen. It'd be better if it was played by Kilimanjaro or something. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I see. I thought it was played by The Rock, but I didn't. nice. Well, he just done. did the voice, though, right? Or was that Vin Diesel? I think that was a uh, yeah. You know, it's Vin Diesel for sure. Vin Diesel just did the voice. Yeah, yeah. you shouldn't have climbed me. <laughs> Is that how it goes? Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll head into the next one here in a second. Before we get there, thanks again so much for your support of what goes on here. We want to take a moment to thank Caleb, the newest uh, supporter on Patreon. Thank you so much for Yay! your monthly gifts to make this show possible. If you would like to continue to make this show possible, head to our website, AaronAndDanae.com. Click on Patreon and you'll head over to the site. You'll see uh, all of our goals that we have laid out, including the launch of our next podcast, which includes music reviews. Yeah. All those details, you can hear about that whenever we go live on our shows and whenever you listen to our podcasts later. But huge, huge thank you to all the people who make this show possible. Caleb is supporting at $1 every month. And it's huge for us. And that is huge for us. Isn't Just think fun? about that. $1 every month come out of his bank account to help us keep doing this, and that's a big deal. Be so, like Caleb. So pretty amazing stuff, and thanks for doing that. All right, you guys ready to talk about this second movie? Yeah, let's flip into this new movie. We're going to start off with a little bit of a preview for you. This is um, a, clip. a clip from the movie, not a preview, apologize. And I'm going to talk you through the clip once we get to a certain point, so here oh, we go. Oh, you're going to talk during this clip? Yeah, I think Thanks so. Thanks for preparing us. You're welcome. I need to move away from your back grandparents, so I've decided to spend Thursday afternoon following him around. You hear that? She's laughing and she's watching TV. But maybe Mom and I would watch the same shows. So she pans her camera over. She starts to walk into the living room. And Grandma is not watching TV. She is rocking back and forth, staring at a wall. Nana? Nana, are you okay? Good afternoon. I heard you laughing. I have the deep darkies. Yeah, you do, creepo grandma. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Well done. All right, so we're going to head into The Visit. Um, I sat down in the theater. Uh, Aaron was with me. We are watching this movie. And I write on my little text notepad, mm -hmm. am I watching the creepy grandparent movie? <laughs> and I pass my phone over to Aaron, who picks it up and looks at it and goes, I don't know. Is this the creepy grandparent movie? All I knew is that M. Night had a new movie out. I don't watch you know previews. I like to go into a movie as pure as possible. 
Uh, and all I really knew about it was that M. Night directed it. So I, it's very quite possible. And then, of course, it turned out, yes, you were watching the yes, creepy grandparent. I absolutely <laughs> was watching the creepy. There were two, there were a couple of moments I was like, I may leave the theater. Were it just, there? It, I didn't know. I didn't know how the movie was going to be going. Mm-hmm. We'll kind of go into this here in just a little bit. But I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to sit through this movie. But I kind of felt my way through it. And I ended up being able to sit through it just fine. So just to kind of set it up, basically uh, a couple of kids and of course with an M. Night movie, we'll be very caref- careful of spoilers because he loves to, you know, kind of twist and turn his stories. But um, a couple of kids go on uh, a trip to see their grandparents that they've never met before and what happens when their grandparents are a little creepier than they thought they were going to be. Good way to describe it, Aaron. And so they're dealing go. with, is this just old people being old people or is something else going on here? It does have a very Twilight Zone feel to it, for sure. Yeah, I would co- I would agree with that completely. But yeah, I would too, although I didn't know that going in. Yeah. I've, I was kind of with Danae in that I don't I don't like uh like ghosty movies right mm-hmm. or horror movies I don't movies. like like I don't like uh like sawy movies like yeah paranormal activity movies. yeah yeah or gore and when I saw the trailer I did I mean I didn't think M Night would be that guy on either one of those but at the same time like ghosty one I wasn't so sure I'm like he he might be a ghosty guy um. <laughs> So I was a little going in. I was a little. Uh, I don't. I don't want to say I was mad or cursing Aaron, but um, <laughs> I did wonder if I was going to have to leave or not. Well, you you well, probably we had that feeling that I have, which is if I don't like a movie that we've seen, I turn to Aaron immediately afterwards and I say, "This is all your fault." Yes. <laughs> That's so. You were about to join me. So here we go. All right. Let's... Now we're past the experience. Loved it. Liked it. Middle of the road. Didn't like it. Hated it. Where you at, Josh? I liked it. Yeah. Danae? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, what are my options again? Loved it, liked it, middle of the road, disliked it, hated it. I think I disliked it, middle of the road, can't figure out which way I'm going. Oh, no, I've just fallen over. <laughs> That's probably what happened to me. You twisted your ankle. Yes. I am ever so slightly in the liked it camp. Uh, that's where I, I'm barely there. Yeah, but I'm, there. I'm mostly middle of the road, but that kind of middle of the road where there are moments where you love it, and then there are moments where you hate it, and they together make middle of the road for me. Like, I had moments during this movie where I was like, there's M. Night Shyamalan. Like, that was really cool. You know, way to do that camera shot, way to, you know, tell the yeah. story in a unique and interesting way. And then there were other moments where I'm going, that was ridiculous. <laughs> that was stupid. You know, like, it's but- so... But all of that was was tempered for me. It was tempered all like comparative with his own work. So I was I so I was trying to step out of like, do I just actually? How do I feel about this movie? Not how do I feel about it in his canon? That's a good. Although I think that's hard to avoid. Yes, because he f- runs the full gamut in, with his movies. So right? I had an interesting experience of I think because I was watching Hulu that I saw a couple of previews for this movie, but did not know it was an M night movie. Mm-hmm. And then Aaron said, we're going to go see M night Shyamalan's new movie. And so I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden I'm in the theater realizing that M night and creepy grandparent movie are the same thing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I sat there going, okay, my experiences with him as a director is that this isn't going to turn into blood and gore and, 
creepy murder. You know, like it was, I'm like, I have to believe that this is, because I had just finished watching The Village a couple weekends ago, just a few weekends back. Mm-hmm. And the murder scene in The Village is one of the most disturbing murder scenes I think I've ever seen. Mm. Because I don't know, I hope you remember it and I hope you also forget it. But, you know, <laughs> if you know remember what we're talking about whenever whenever the main character or one of the guys, he gets stabbed. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Sh- the shot, though, mm-hmm. the way it was shot. Yeah. OK, that was so creepy because it was so still mm-hmm. and it was so peaceful. And it's just like it, it lacked sound. It lacked help. It lacked all the stuff. Right. Right. So it's like, OK, that's that's my experience. It with was seeing, stark. Yeah, it was very disturbing. Yeah. yeah. So then I've got this feel in this movie where it's like you've got the creepy sounds of the house, you've got the creepy noises that are happening, you've got kind of your normal spook type feel, and you never knew if it was going to turn into where suddenly someone's you know face is like distorted or you don't know what's going to happen. But at the end of this movie, I was like, okay, that was a good scare movie. Like that for me, that's about as far as I want to go into a scary creepy movie do you mm-hmm. know what i mean like it didn't sure. it didn't go too far for me and that's why i'm definitely not in the dislike because it would have gone there for sure i sure. Uh, i actually kind of appreciated how he put it together even though it's not for me doesn't hold a lot of water and it it, it missed something for me like I, it left me wanting more of something and i couldn't tell what it was mm-hmm. but now i feel like i know that it's more of a heart like i wanted to more of the heart of what was going on less of the you know figuring out what was going on with the grandparents or, or more development on the grandparent part and l- less of something else. It was, there was, a, it's interesting it was imbalanced a little because bit. Because the heart was possibly the part that worked the most for me. Yeah, I would have liked more of that. Well, but but one of the things I liked about it is how it was layered underneath. You know, like the, that it's this creepy horror, quote unquote, movie on top. And then underneath, there's this really sentimental movie about family dynamic and forgiveness yeah. and redemption and M Knight's always been good at, at metaphor. Right. He's always been good at, you know, visual metaphor and all that kind of stuff. Um, but and I felt like layered over the story of the grandparent thing was just, it was so muffled. Mm, yeah. Like you, know? you just didn't get enough of it. Like it didn't shine through enough for you. Exactly. Okay. It, yeah. I see. I, I can understand what you're yeah, saying. So that's why I'm kind of more on the dislike part, you know, sure. cause I just felt like it, it missed something for me. But again, for someone who is going to be concerned about seeing a horror movie or something really, really disturbing, I would say this this would be kind of like going to uh, the bunny slopes. Yeah, that's a good way to say <laughs> of it. Of horror. Sure, sure. I think that's a good way to say it. I, I would say that this is not my my default genre. Right. Right. So so this is out of my element a bit. But I would say that the, the reason that I slipped onto the side of, of liking of liking it is because I was on the other side and the th- and I had my opinions about I mean it's a it's a found footage type of thing right the camera is a character so I had my opinions on how that was not going to work for an M Night movie right I had my opinions on what he was going to do wrong whatever you know I and he and he won me over like he changed my mind about all those specific things that I went into the movie thinking. And I thought, even if I don't love this movie overall, I'm like, no, I got to like it. Cause he, everything that I, I, I didn't think was going to work when I started watching the movie totally worked for me by the end. Totally worked. The found footage thing totally worked for you. Here's what I, here's my problem 
my my two problems with it going in were number one, he's I, I've always loved him as a director, even in the movies that were terribly written. I've always loved his style, and it's not minus conducive. one exception. Last Airbender. There's no defending okay, yeah, Last I'm not Airbender. Ca- I'm not. I'm not counting that one. <laughs> okay, good. Um, but but he's got a specific way he likes to do it. He likes to let you know scenes play out in these wide shots and with no cuts, and he's just got a real good feel for it. And watching the found footage thing, I was like, ah, oh, I just don't know if that's going to play. And I thought that it played like he found his voice in that. I'm not saying that it wouldn't have been better had it, you know what I mean? I'm just right. saying like exactly. him as a director still shine through and change my mind about that. And the other one, like, you know, him, he used to be an innovator of sorts, right? When he first came on the scene, like he was like the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And for him to kind of follow in the motif that is getting a little rote now, you know, that's, that's been overdone. It's just a way to save money. I thought he found ways to take that that motif the found footage idea and he actually made it more integral to the story as opposed to hey we want to cheap this shoot this cheap how can we give oh, let's make one of the characters have a camera right you know i and agree while with this one may have started out that way i thought it played out nice in the sense that the the, the way the camera became that um campfire or you know staring at the stars where you feel comfortable enough to share the truth, you know, mm-hmm. like th- those scenarios where you say things that you wouldn't normally say in conversation, like you reveal things about yourself that you wouldn't normally, your fears. But for what, whatever reason, this camera became that as opposed to just a tool to shoot it cheap, like it became a, a, a necessary vehicle for these characters to say what they're. And I thought, and again, that's not the only way that could have been done, but I thought he, you know, for taking a, an old motif he really made it purposeful and that's where you could see like no he's a he's a real director he's not just a guy's like hey i got a slasher movie that i want to shoot handheld and i think it can be cheap and you know have a lot of blood you know what i mean right he set himself apart with it he said i'm still uh, like a masterful director even under these different criteria and the thing is he probably it probably was shot that way for budget reasons i don't i mean i'm guessing well it certainly doesn't hurt yeah so anyway, so I that, agree so with that's what you're saying. I, yeah, I thought that that was well, that well said because the found footage serves its purpose because it's being the reasons that the kids have video cameras has a whole part of the story too, mm-hmm. and that sure. that brought it to life for, differently too. So I can see what you're saying yeah. about that. There are some. Split- so when I say total, totally, I don't mean like like it works totally. I mean right. those th- the problems that I had when I started watching it, those problems were totally eliminated by the time I finished watching it. I those think that are, makes those sense. being the two big ones for me, well, you know, with with seeing that style. I think for me, the found footage thing just doesn't work as a um, <clears throat> as a device where you are locked into it anymore. In other words, these movies used to be shot in that they literally were found footage. Like it, everything yeah. had to be justified. The camera had to be justified where it was that the person was using it you know you think of Blair Witch kind of you know ushered us into this whole thing um and then and that always just seems ridiculous to me anymore we know we're watching a movie now it's not like anybody's thinking oh this you know really happened and there were cameras on why does a director then feel like they can't be in both places if you feel like found footage is an effective way to tell the story that's great but you can also lock off a camera and have a shot of the movie that's not from a camera in the 
You know what I'm saying? Just uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, End of Watch did that really, really well. I don't know if you saw that one with uh, I think Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's a cop so they were, movie. So they were in and out of they were in the... and out of found footage. So a yeah. lot of the movie is the cameras, poli- the policeman's camera. You know, like the cop car camera, those kind of things. But there was also typical movie making in it as well. That's the way I think it has to go because there are some things you can do that are creative and interesting with, you know, in I would call it in movie footage. You know, that it's footage that people in the movie are shooting, uh-huh. but it doesn't have to be a gimmick. But it I, I felt like maybe M Night was wanting us to wonder through the movie whether it was found footage because, you know, it was discovered later on, or whether it has its intention that it ends up playing out in the movie, or we know it, whether it's a documentary, whether it's a this, whether it's a that. You know, like I feel like and he, he planted wanted... the seeds well because it would be a shot. And they'd be, and she'd be like, "Oh, this would be a, this is a great shot to start the start the documentary." So you don't feel yeah, like you're watching the, the whole, documentary the whole time. You're interacting with us, going, "What, what's going on exactly?" And so by the end, the resolution plays itself out, and we discover kind of whether it's found footage or whatever else it could be. So I, I do think that it that it plays into the cluster. I, I don't. I'm not saying I totally disagree with you, Aaron, or anything. Yeah, but I do think that there's a like that plays into the claustrophobia of the movie really, really well um, that you don't, that you don't get a respite in that sense of, you know, the reminder that it's a movie, not a whatever, you know? So in that sense, I can respect, you know, committing to the motif totally, you know, as, as it serves the, the, the structure of the filmmaking, if that makes sense. So people are saying, you know, this is M. Night's return, right? Like mm-hmm. this is going to be like, okay, he's been off the grid well, for a while. That, yeah. And that's what I kept hearing. I, again, didn't put the two together, <laughs> but I kept hearing, you know, M. Night's new movie, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, I kind of just put it off to the last minute. And now I'm sitting in the theater realizing which one it is. Do you think like this is going to be a positive movie mark for him? Maybe helping him to have some more momentum forward and getting back into the swing of being involved in bigger projects potentially? Or do you think this is going to kind of keep him sort of on the sidelines? I would say uh, somewhere in the middle, meaning I think he's he's going to I – w- I would guess that he's going to take this and use it mo- as momentum because it, it, made, it made money. It made its money plus whatever. So it's financially a success, I believe, because it was made so cheap. It was like $5 million budget on it. Yeah, it was really cheap. I always really always, small. Always cracks me up to say five million dollars is really I know, cheap, right? <laughs> yeah, but it so is. I think movie. Th- I, I think this is what he's going to do. I think he thinks this is his new groove for a bit, and he's going to stay in this budget range, this sort of um, whatever. So I don't, I don't think he's going. I would guess that he's probably a little shy of the of the big studio offering a direction what you know right. whatever i'm trying to say right 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 so so it is i think it is his comeback in a sense but i think it's also a, a reinventing of not necessarily his style or whatever but like his I, I i'm guessing that this is a new like a new attitude for him i would agree with that i would say personally from a personal angle i found myself remembering why i loved him in a few moments good. you know and i think Absolutely. that's a good sign for him so yeah. without revealing did you see the twist coming? Like, did you know what the twist was going to be? Uh, I did not actually. Uh, I wasn't thinking twist in this movie, which I, I, you know, wasn't a conscious decision on my part. I was just 
watching the story. And I was thinking there was going to be a twist because there's always an M Night twist. I know, and I was just I just wasn't thinking so that. So you route. put it out of your head. Okay, I, okay. I had I had it put out of my head, and I, it absolutely took me by surprise. What about you? Um, yeah, a little. I was kind of right in the middle. Like I, I think I've learned to watch his movies knowing that there's a twist coming, but not anticipating a twist coming. Yeah, exactly. So, so at the end, I wrote as I wrote it out. I was, I, it was seemed, it was a very natural progression of events. It, you know, it, the twist is really just a matter of like when he chooses to reveal certain information. Exactly, all the information was. I, I, I did not. It was one of a several. I had a couple of theories. We'll say, um, and. And one of your theories that, was correct. <laughs> yeah, well, one of them. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and I don't know that any one of them would have been bigger or better or worse or whatever it's just like this movie could go a lot of different ways so in that sense it didn't feel like a twist as much as just like a movie goer going oh i wonder if, what's going to happen next and you know i had some theories if that makes sense did I, you see it coming oh yeah yeah yep. danae did and i actually wrote it down in my notes I, whenever you know, i figured it out i was like this is what's going on this is what's happening and i went kind of tit for tat through it i i think i know why it was a surprise for me but i don't think i can tell you until the spoiler section okay um so just in case it reveals oh, nice. something yeah yeah so when we do spoilers i'll tell you why why i didn't see it coming so any kind of one last thing about this movie that you'd want to make sure to mention on this podcast before we do the spoiler podcast here in a little bit i'll start uh my one last thing that i didn't really get to talk about um was the way the movie was self-referential i thought really worked like i i loved the little touches of uh, you know, when she would talk about filmmaking and then the movie would, you know, incorporate that yeah. in some way. I thought that stuff worked really well and, and was a good part of the movie. Josh, what about you? Uh, I got to mention the cast. I love I love movies, especially like this, where I don't recognize everybody because it feels realer. And I thought everybody did a solid job. But I, specifically these kids who turns out are from New Zealand doing American accents. Right. Which I thought were remarkable. <laughs> I yeah. know, but right? I loved the, so it felt, the, the kids' dynamic and characters felt very 80s movies to me. Yeah. But I loved it. Yeah, they were like, like best friends. I was totally friends. happy that they, it felt like a throwback to the 80s, just watching these two kind of play and interact. And even the way they looked, it just felt, anyway. So I, I really liked that. Uh, my one more thing would probably be um, that you, if you're like me, you should wear a hoodie and then you basically you make a visor only slit for your <laughs> eyes so that when the parts get a little intense for you, that all you have to do is just hunch your shoulders and you can't see anything. And that helps. <laughs> No, no, for real, I wanted to say, and I already kind of mentioned it, this is not a slasher film and a blood and gore film. I want to I jump off that for my one more, one more thing, <laughs> which is that it is graphic in ways that I'm not used to seeing movies be graphic in, if that makes sense. There are some moments that are like... Yeah. There is naked old lady in this movie. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> even if, I was like, even graphic for M. Night, like a yeah. different kind of graphic for M. Night. But yeah, yeah, it's not It's not like blood and guts. No. It's not that kind of stuff. It's just, it's like, it's a yeah, shock that's different... raw. That's, that's really raw what you just did there yeah. in a way that I'm not used to seeing, especially a PG-13 movie, be raw. Which I kind know? of appreciated. 
Yeah. I would take naked granny rear end. Uh-huh. Over, but there's another thing I'm specifically slushy, thinking I know, of that I don't I know. necessarily want to spoil. You've got to let her finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I would take naked ra- granny rear end and then the air starts talking. Wait, Period. No, let her finish. <laughs> Period. <laughs> no need for more. When I leave a movie theater, oftentimes the images, are, they just they, they come along in my life with me, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mind naked granny butt. Coming along with you in your, your image library. Versus something more like, you know, really creepy, like stretched out sure. horror face. Like, right. yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? The torture stuff. That's a great uh, trade yeah. for me. Yeah. I, I, it's a, that's a great trade for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong. We're not saying we want to see naked granny butt. We're just saying. We're saying we'll take it as one of the options. If we had a choice <laughs> between seeing. If you had a choice between seeing Everest and. The visit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Good stuff. Well, I think it was both of these movies, movies I liked more than I was expecting to. I and, think I did, too. And that's that's always a good thing. I would say absolutely of. for sure. I didn't expect to like the, to like Everest. Really enjoyed that one. I did not expect to like The Visit because when I realized it was creepy grandparent movie, I thought I was going to have to walk out because I was just uh-huh. like, I don't want to see a movie, quote unquote, like this. Mm-hmm. But at the end, yeah, I liked it way more than I thought I would. Yeah, for so. sure. Can, right. I, can I ask one final question about The Visit? Sure. So this probably is not a question for Danae, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it is. Aaron, where would you put it? On the M Night scale, I well, that's what I wanted to do before we got to buried treasure. I wanted to talk oh, about good. M Night movies, where it ranks, you know, kind of how you feel about it. Uh, for me, it's it's down in the lower portion, but that's only because the beginning of his career is so front loaded with amazing films. Um, yeah. You know, you look at Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, Village, Lady in the Water. I love all those movies. I know some people don't like Lady in the Water, but um, I do. I I love that film. Um, so there's already, you know, five movies right there that, that are above it. Um, I put it somewhere. I, you know what? I actually, I put it right with the happening. I felt very much the same about the happening, uh, that there were parts, that there were parts that were M night genius and there were parts that were ridiculous and and that I didn't enjoy. So, um, so I put it, put it right there and then below it would be, uh, after earth and the last airbender. (laughs) (laughs) What the village? Where's the village in there? Did uh, you that say was, that one in, that the was in that chunk. Six Sense, Unbreakable Signs, Village, Lady in the Water. Gotcha, gotcha. Quite gotcha. a run. He also wrote another movie in that run. Do you know what movie that was? The Devil? Nope. Or Devil? Mm-mm. Stuart Little. Whoa. Oh, and- that's right. He did He did write Stuart Little, but he did not direct that one. No, he did not. What about you? Um, I I would probably do the same, only I would I would cut the list a little Ooh. shorter. Like, I, I, I lost... The BDG uh, knew I it was I did not like Lady in the Water. You didn't? No, I did. I okay. thought it was, I mean, it just, uh, I thought it, it, it felt like a liar of a movie. Does that make sense? He Like, it felt like you can't lie to us. Mm, I get it. And I get it. He lied, I thought. So I would, put it, I would put it, I would put it right there. So, I, you know, I loved, I loved, uh, I'm just, I'm just below probably the village. I love, you know, uh, Sixth Sense and Signs and, um, Unbreakable, of course, not necessarily in that order. And then, uh, so it's it's about in the middle, but a little higher for uh, high middle for me. Yeah, I was glad not to see an M Night cameo in this too. I was, you know, I'm I glad thought it was though. Oh, I can't talk without spoilers, but I thought I did see him for a second, <laughs> but it wasn't him. 
we can spoil <laughs> Lady in the Water if you want to tell Danae uh, how you feel like M. Night lied in that movie. There are rules to filmmaking that you have an understanding with your audience and you set these rules in motion and you're not allowed to break those rules unless you are following the rules and breaking the rules. And I can't remember all the specifics, but I remember he broke the rules of his own universe of the, of the film universe. And he didn't apologize for it. He didn't follow the rules and breaking the rules. What (laughs) are you talking about? He led us to believe one thing. Fight. And it's okay to do a twist. It's okay to make a twist, but to actually like lead us to believe one thing so wholeheartedly and then change that. So you remember what the one thing was? I'm trying to remember now. Oh, okay. Well, I don't remember the specifics. I just remember being so like angry that he they lied so hard hmm. about it. I think it's time to watch Lady in the Water again. Yeah. I guess so, <gasps> but oh, that makes me sad. I got to watch it again. This is exciting. <laughs> okay. You've heard it here. Everybody watch Lady in the Water and we'll do a special stiff pop episode on it. It'll be like a re it'll be like a like go let's go back and watch this one and figure out what we We'll do like a 15 minute pop. I love that movie, but what would be hilarious is if I go back and watch it and I hate it all of a sudden, <laughs> right? Like it could happen to me the opposite way. And what if you end up loving it? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> uh, all right, let's I get do, to- I do remember loving like the like again, I all of his movies, even the ones I don't uh, we're not talking about Airbender, but all the rest of them like I still adore his directing style. I always have. I, I love that he he feels really like he's he helps the actors. He lets the actors just play. You know what I mean? They do their scene and why he doesn't cut away. He doesn't look for the best shots. He lets and it looks for the and he looks for the best scene as a, you know what I mean? He yeah. lets it anyway. He doesn't over he's he's old school in that way that he doesn't over cut or whatever but he's also very stylized and his use of color is always like impeccable i always just used to Uh, say that he's he's very patient he's a very patient filmmaker like he'll let the the camera do its work Um, yeah but he's brave that way like he's not like herzog or something right he he, but he yeah anyway i always felt the same way about very 70s way of making films and it's still I always relevant. felt the same way about Breaking Bad too. I always felt like the directors on that show were were always really patient with their camera, you know, just kind of let it linger and and do what it yeah. wanted to do. Um, okay, let's, let's get to our buried treasure. This is sure. the thing in pop culture in any segment of pop culture that you want to bring to people's attention that they may not know about. Danae wants to start. It's true. What's your buried I do. Treasure? So I've decided I'm going to try to review some gaming apps to review here on our pop culture segment. And so I downloaded a game and I have to say, uh, I'm first of all, I'm terrible at this game. <laughs> I, I think I hate this game. I'm okay. pretty sure this game would be deleted as soon as I do a review on it. So like within seconds, it's called Daddy Long Legs. <laughs> and the whole premise of this game is that you have this really tall, two-legged critter uh-huh. and you touch the screen and it takes a step and then you touch the screen again and it takes another step and you touch the screen and it takes another step and you trying to get it to walk as far as possible wow that's the whole thing the whole game is is making something on your screen walk and it is <laughs> it is awful because there's like no joy in it 
first of all, <gasps> oh, you took a step, and then it falls over. Like you, it I doesn't can't, sound like a game. It I just sounds like it sounds like parenting a one year old. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like and and then I try I try to like okay maybe like, okay I'm on my one hundred and seventy second one hundred and twenty tooth fall. It, can you keep track of your falls? How many times you fall? I think the whole point of the game is not actually to walk. It's to see how many times you fall. And anyway, I've been trying really hard, and it's like <laughs> I cannot get it to walk. It is awful, and there's no like pointers, like hey, you know, maybe if you press longer here, like there's no, there's no help. You just, it's just falling over and it over. Sounds and like over he again. needs more legs, right? He's only got two. Now get he, him some more legs. Maybe that's the object of the game. Find legs. I don't know. I'm either doing something <laughs> wrong, or this is the uh, the gig is up like th- this is the joke the joke yeah. is that you can't hardly walk anyhow so your, so daddy long legs your buried treasure my, ba- my buried treasure is be buried <laughs> yes i got it if anyone wants to try to play it's a free game i i got this one free i'm gonna i'm gonna start uh, reviewing some that cost a little bit so if you've got suggestions send them to me because i've got a little bit of money to throw into my play store yeah do you want to talk about that real quick yeah uh, i was at target and going through the checkout line at the very end, and they had like a sale on gift cards. So it was like, you know, a $15 gift card for $13.50. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just yeah. a few dollars off. And in the bin for the Google Play gift cards, it said $10. And then there were $25 gift cards in there. Yeah. And there were two. So I grab them and take them to the front. And I'm like, so there's a sale on gift cards over here. These were in the $10 thing. Uh-huh. Are they really $10? And the lady looked up and she was like, huh. And then she calls over to the manager who just happened to be sitting there. She's like, these were in the $10 thing. And the, and the manager just goes, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent 20 bucks and got $50 worth of Google, you know, Play, cash. Google Play cash yeah. that nice. I immediately knew what I wanted to do with it. And that's review stuff for Sif Pop. Cool. So. so you may hear some more uh, buried treasure games from... Danae or apps so Monstrix yeah. suggests that I play goat simulator boy he is he is all over the goat simulator he wants so. you to, <laughs> he wants you to play that for sure I've heard him mention that <laughs> all right what about you Josh well I do want to say first that I um after my last time I visited you guys uh Danae mentioned honeycomb hotel oh yeah did you go get that one I did. I did the free one, and then like a, a day that was done. So I actually bought bought it. I never buy. I never actually buy apps. I always just do the free versions. Yeah. But I went and bought bought this one, and it it, it still is serving me. Like I have nice. With it. That is so cool. That is so exciting. Yeah. I remember within minutes of the show, you texting me going, "Yep, she was right. Honeycomb Hotel takes a little bit to get into." <laughs> I had to look up online because I'm like, I don't even like it's just, it's like looking at a foreign language. It is. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you push buttons and it's like wrong. And I'm like, I don't know what I did. <laughs> so yeah. I anyway. So, yeah. Thank but, you, Danae. Yeah, um, you're welcome. Uh, so it's my addiction as well now. Excellent. Um, so my buried treasure is, is in some circles is not buried, which is probably the case for most of these pop culture things. Yeah. But I recently acquired, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, samurai movies. Um. And this is especially real. Although samurai fans probably already know about this, but this is for other people who just are looking for something new and interesting. Um, there is a a series of films 
um, call in 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 Japan Japanese cinema called uh, Zatoichi the Blind Swordsman. Okay. It is they they made twenty six movies and then after that there was a series even all with the same actor playing this blind swordsman, um, but they liken it to like double o seven or something in the fact that it's just a, a lo- such a long ongoing favorite series in in Japanese culture. Um, anyway, I picked it up. There's a Criterion Blu-ray box set that I found. Um, that was on cheaper than normal um, and have been working my way through. I had seen a couple of these movies, but I didn't, I had not obviously seen all 26 of them. What, what sets uh, it so, apart? What makes it uh, enjoyable for you? Um, so I like uh, number one, uh, the, the set itself is awesome. Cause it's got like, you know, all these 26 movies plus all these documentaries, but then it's also like a hundred page hardback book that talks mm-hmm. about, you know the the series as a whole but also the individual movies um the 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 history around it is really interesting the the, you know, the guy started out as the main actor for it and as he got older the the franchise uh the studio that was running it went down um he he bought it with his own studio or took over with his own studio eventually by the time he got to the tv show it was like a one-man show he was writing them directing them starring wow. in them choreographing them producing them all by himself and you know, um, which is awesome. I, I, like I said, I inherently love Japanese movies, but this one is the, the character, um, the way that the character can kind of grow, but also always be the same character for this 26 film series is like, it's just a really cool character piece that you can get into. Um, plus I just, I love the, I love the, I love that. I just love that culture, like the the samurai. Samurai which, kind of thing. You know, they're the he's a ronin, which means he's a masterless samurai. It's very uh, parallel to you know westerns and the gunfighters. I mean, there's been a lot of. I mean, if you look at uh, Kurosawa's, like Rashomon, uh, not excuse me, not Rashomon, but um, Yojimbo and Sanjuro. It's the mm-hmm. like there's a there's a big. So it feels like I'm watching a western. It's kind of this guy who wanders from town to town, and you know, it, you know. Interesting. Saving people, but it's a really lovely. You can find it for 120 bucks to 180 bucks, depending on wow. where you go online. You can probably find a used copy of it for you know 80 or 90 bucks. Zatoichi. Um, Zatoichi, the blind swordsman, and he's a he's a masseuse. He's a blind masseuse. There was also like who's adept a with Yaku- murder? Yakuza in the Yakuza at one point in time. Like he's <laughs> nice. just got this weird. And he's and the guy and the guy uh, what's his name Shintaro Katsu I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right like he's just awesome uh, he plays the character he's just awesome like he's oh he's oh, like he's kind of like Columbo like he sometimes he feels like he's a step behind even though he's two steps ahead and he plays within the character he's playing like he's not all there even though he totally anyway. Uh, Britain in the uh, in the comments in the live comments says Josh doesn't like slasher horror movies but loves slasher samurai movies. <laughs> That's the other thing about these though. Like, if you watch that, they're a lot like uh, gunfight, like Western movies. It's a lot of tension and suspense. Like it builds up to a moment, and like in the Zatoichi series, every fight scene has been less than a minute long. Like they're yeah. all really quick. It's just it's not about the fight. It's about like. Like they're better if they're if they're 
if they can get it done faster. Got it. <laughs> right. Yep. No, so that makes sense. maybe by the end, it, it's more like elaborate and a lot more like showy and, and the choreography, but it's not, they're not really slashery. I will say that's a so good point. Did you like it? Kill Bill just real quick before Aaron gives his buried treasure? Uh, I did. Okay. I did. I, I okay. actually, I like, I liked uh, both volumes of Kill Bill. Okay. So my... now that one, was, I would say is a little slashery. Oh yeah. yeah. Mizato <laughs> Ichi is not that at all. Like I, I could almost watch that with my kid. It's yeah. like the bonanza of samurai right <laughs> no oh <laughs> oh <laughs> and think, Aaron. More, think more spaghetti western right um dirty hairy yeah more like the dirty hairy that's good he's more like dirty hairy well not really is, like, this, is now it. a good he's time the... for me to mention that i never watched bonanza <laughs> he's he's the monk of samurais oh okay all right, Aaron, um, what's your buried treasure? Uh, yeah. m- mine is, mine's pretty easy and seems weird to call it buried, but it's one of those movies that might get buried. It's It just came out this weekend. It's called The Intern. Uh, I had a surprisingly good time at this movie. So just to kind of throw that out there, I know we talked about a couple of movies that have already been out since we've, we've been away, uh, but I did want to say out this weekend, The Intern with Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway was really, really nice and surprising in some some really wonderful ways uh so um you know if you don't want to go see it in theater i get it but it might be one you know a quick red box when you see that it's out because it's it's i think worth a watch so the trailer is delightful i that's a great word for the whole movie yeah delightful charming all that i think de niro is great Anne hathaway is incredible she she is such a great actress uh, and uh and it's on display here so but like i said there's some plot movements in in that movie some story movements that I thought were really meaningful and really interesting. So, um, so that's why I would nice. recommend it. Recommend it as well. Aww. that's it. We're here at the end of our podcast now. Yeah. Thank you guys again so much for sticking with us for so long. Uh, if you're listening to this in podcast form, you have no idea. But <laughs> that's right. It's just been an hour. <laughs> our live show started 45 <laughs> minutes late this morning or this afternoon. So. Thank you for those who are willing to stick around. Uh, we we love our community. We through love our technical out with difficulties. You. Uh, it is great to be able to talk movies again with you guys, and uh, we do this every Friday. So feel free to join us if you want to join us uh, on Tuesday. We'll be uh, I think we'll be heading into some no longer safe territory here soon. If not Tuesday, it'll be the next Tuesday. So we'll be talking about addiction. We're going to do a series on addiction. And yeah, we've got several people kind of lined up that want to either talk from personal perspective, counseling perspective, or parental perspective on addiction and how it changed their life. So we're excited to bring that series to you. And also some more exciting news on the horizon. Please uh, follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all that good stuff so that you can stay updated, especially uh, sign up for our um our little newsletter that we do. We do more details than that than anything else. So we're going to get to recording some spoilers. Uh, so those should show up in the Sif Pop podcast feed if you want to check those out. And uh, before we do that, I'm feeling a case of the deep darkies. So I just got to make sure I... <laughs> oh my goodness. Make sure I get rid of those. Now's the perfect time to pursue your master's degree at Ohio Dominican University. ODU's graduate programs in business, healthcare administration, and education can be completed 100% online or on campus. Apply now at ohiodominican.edu slash grad. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. 
With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.